0: You're listening to The Grim Tidings Podcast. It's The Writer's Pit. I'm your host, writer, blogger, and Velcro enthusiast, Rob Matheny.
1: And I'm uh, Philip likes tying his shoes over B.
0: <laughs> and we're back with another episode of The Writer's Pit. How you doing, Philip? how How's your week been, sir?
1: It's pretty good. Uh, I did an all-night bender the other night in Yokohama somewhere, so made me realize I'm not uh, young anymore.
0: Yeah, you're pushing, what, so, 34, 35 these days? Or? 34. 34, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I'm 35, and I, I know I could not even get close to an all-night sort of bender. It, it starts to hit about 11.30, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm just about pooped, and I have to call it a day. So I'm no longer 18, but I'm glad you're recovering well. Yeah, coffee <laughs> uh, helps, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, I'm excited for today's show. Uh, traditionally, the writer's pit has been for writers, uh, but we're looking to include other industry professionals like publishers, artists, illustrators, book cover designers, publicists, etc., all these other folks who uh, play a part in the publishing industry. Um, and uh, our guest today is no exception to that. Uh, our guest launched her writing career in the sixth grade when she wrote her class play, A Medieval Fantasy. It was Love at First Dragon. Since then, her short fiction has appeared in Orson Scott Card's intergalactic medicine show, Escape Pod, and Afa's Kiss. She is also a multiple, multiple finalist in the Writers of the Future contest. As a freelance designer who book covers and illustrations have appeared in works from indie authors and small press publications. Hailing from Pennsylvania with Larry and Mo, her two pet cactuses, she's currently at work on a science fantasy epic, and she is a certified Wattpad stealth assassin. The Grim Tidings podcast (laughs) welcomes Miss Holly Heise to the writers pit Holly thank you for joining us tonight
2: God ah, thank you so much Rob um I don't know about the Stealth Assassin part, but I'll
0: take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was thinking, you know, Wattpad Stealth Assassin probably sounded best, but uh, we are definitely going to dive into all that is Wattpad tonight. It's something that we really haven't talked about on the show, so I'm glad to have you on to not only talk about your kick-ass writing, but we're going to talk about Wattpad 2 and hopefully uh, give our listeners um, some good information tonight that they can glob onto and maybe learn a thing or three so thanks again for hanging out tonight tell us about your your cactus you have you have now larry and moe
2: <laughs> well there used to be larry moe and curly um, curly didn't make it too long uh, <laughs> i did curly. I, I had plans to replace him with a cactus named joe um but that didn't really work either so there's larry and moe and larry's just Kind of sitting in the window. He just kind of hangs out, catches the sun. So.
0: <laughs> he's, well, that's cool. He's
2: a good pet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cactuses are pretty low maintenance. Uh, uh, pretty much, yep. They just kind of sit there. All right. So uh, I wasn't doing very many exciting things in, in sixth grade except getting in trouble and whatnot. But you were in, <laughs> six, in sixth grade. You wrote an entire play Give us, the, give us the story about how you wrote a play in sixth grade that sounds pretty cool.
2: Um, well my I had written a play before and God this is ancient history. Um, <laughs> my teacher had asked me, do you want to write the class play? And I was like, sure so it was about um, king and a queen, prince, dragon um, night one, night two, night three you know. Typical things you come up with in sixth grade. And the, my teacher gave me my f- first casting choice. So of course, I casted myself as the queen. And um, it, yeah, my friends weren't overly happy about that, but I was. Um, just kind of went off. And I don't know. If, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things that I look back on and go, Wow, that was kind of really cool. Yeah, how many people actually write their class play? But um, sadly, I don't have any uh, videotapes or anything of that. It's just Aww. really good memories. Um, for blackmail purposes, that's probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, that that was my thing in sixth grade.
1: Was that your first time, kind of, you know, writing stuff, or had you had you written anything before that?
2: Um, I actually. <laughs> I wrote a Halloween story for the a, a newspaper contest when I was, like, 10. I don't know if that's before or not or sixth grade, but it got in the paper. And I do have a snippet of that. And I remember reading it and going, wow, okay, I guess that was things to come. <laughs> I don't know. I never was really aware of it until um, probably around, like, eighth grade. That's when I started really delving into writing um but before then it was just kind of like yeah yeah whatever i'll just make up a story here or there
0: so writers of the future very cool you were a finalist not only once but twice tell us a little bit about uh, your experience with that
2: i've submitted maybe about 10 times um it was my second submission that got a finalist and i didn't really know much about the contest before then but um, a bunch of people, they have a really great forum, and a bunch of people on the forum kind of found out that I was a finalist, came over, mobbed my blog, and said, You got to come play with us. So I kind of went over there, and that's when I still started actually really writing in earnest. It, it actually kickstarted me into looking at writing as a professional career versus um, just kind of something that I was poking at. But it was last year that I got a second finalist, which it's it's there's this kind of this stigmata that once you get a finalist, you'll get another one if you don't win, which is sometimes true and sometimes not. Sometimes you make yourself ineligible by, you know, selling a number of stories. So, yeah, that was really awesome to get it a second time. And I didn't win a second time, which was not as awesome. But I, I keep submitting every quarter and either one will land or I'll write enough stories that I won't be eligible anymore. So that's kind of how that works out. If, if anyone's submitting to them, the biggest thing is to have lots and lots of lots of description, but really, really vivid description. The kind of writing that takes you right into the story and transports you to a different place. So that's, that's usually the biggest advice I hear from anyone who's entered that's a lot of what uh, the judge David Farland tends to like.
0: And so you've been a finalist uh, twice then at this point.
2: Yep, twice um, so I, I'm going for a third time, hopefully it won't be a third finalist hopefully it'll be a, a, a finalist and then a win, that's that's the general idea, but um, yeah, yeah, it's you, you can't get anywhere if you don't enter, you can't get anywhere if you don't submit or put it out there so, yeah, it's just kind of my general plan. I, it's typically the first place I throw the stories that I write is to Writers of the Future. And I found my writing style fits in, in a similar line to a lot of what they publish in the anthologies. So that's probably part of why it's working for me. But it's a great contest, and it's really nice that it has a really supportive community around it. Which, to me, that's, that's half of the fun. <laughs> So you, you get to meet a lot of great people when you get active in
1: that. Yeah, that's cool. Like speaking of community, you know, Wattpad is, is your specialty sort of. So yeah. we were that that's also known to have a pretty interactive community. What was your reasoning behind using Wattpad starting off and how have you seen your audience grow through Wattpad so far?
2: The main reason that I used Wattpad, um, I had been writing a novel, trying to revise a novel for a long time. And I I have what probably many writers go through at one point in revisophobia, um, where you're looking at your novel and you're just like, this thing sucks like crap. I don't know what to do with it. And I, I, I saw on Wattpad, I saw all these people that were just posting a chapter at a time. It didn't have to be super polished and people would just read it. And they'd read it and comment on it, and it just became this really supportive community. These weren't necessarily writers that were going to win, you know, the Pulitzer for fiction, but they might someday. Wattpad is such a huge range of writers, too. I mean, there's, there's teenagers writing. There's people that are, you know, all the way up the spectrums. And it's just a very supportive community. So I looked at that and I thought, okay, I have this novel that I'm just getting nowhere with and no one's seen it for years and no one will see it for years unless I do something about that. So I, in a rush, decided, okay, I'm going to start doing this. So I think it was last November, um, either October or November, that I started posting one chapter at a time. And a a chapter on Wattpad is typically like a 1,000 to 2,000 words. So I actually broke my chapters up to put them up. But I've been posting once a week steadily since then. I think I've only missed one week in that whole time. And I'm about four-fifths done with the whole book, I think. So it's really taught me to work to a deadline every week. I basically rewrite the chapter and bring it through three or four drafts and then put it up. And I don't have a lot of readers at the moment. The more active you are on Wattpad, the more readers you tend to attract. And I've kind of let that go by the wayside the last couple months. But I've picked up a few fans that have just been phenomenal leaving these comments that help me see things in totally different ways and have changed the course of the book actually so it, it's really really been an amazing experience
1: yeah i think that's cool that it helps you work towards deadlines because i think that's one huge thing that at least in for me anyway in the past made my writing not work as well as because i would always go well that's not working let me start over or well that's not that's yeah. not going to work. So I need to just leave it alone for a while. So I think having Wattpad as the platform where you can post up things and you don't have to worry too much about everything being perfect and you're consistently putting stuff up there, I think that's a great way to, uh, especially for anyone that's hesitant about putting their stuff out there. Cause I know a lot of newer writers are a little bit more nervous about, you know, putting something up on Amazon or, submitting to agents or those kind of things.
2: Yeah. And the funny thing about Wattpad is that the publishing industry, the traditional publishing industry is starting to recognize it more as a legitimate place. Um, I've I've heard people say that, you know, you can, if you have high Wattpad read numbers, you can put that on your cover letter to your agent and they'll look at that. Um, Mm. it's showing that what you're writing has an audience. And as far as self publishing, um, you know, once you have a book or if someone's already self-published, they can you put a book on there, serialize it, and you can put a running footer at the end of each part that says, oh, hey, if you like this and you don't want to wait for the rest of it, you know, here's a link to Amazon, go buy it. Um, oh. So there's a lot of people that have been really successful in doing that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Daniel Aronson's uh, fantasy works, but he has a ton of his, his full novels on Wattpad, and they have millions of reads between them. Yeah, I've
0: seen yeah, Daniel's, and- Daniel's stuff around. He's got some amazing uh, book covers by the way, but uh, yeah, he's pretty prolific. He's got a ton of books out there, and pretty much any time I search up fantasy, his name usually pops up on Amazon, so he's, he's pretty prolific, and uh, yeah. uh, he's got some pretty cool works out there. I haven't read his stuff yet, but uh, he's pretty active on social media as well.
2: Yep, and there's, uh, for the Grimdark folks um there's mark lawrence is huge on Wattpad. um anything he does on there is basically gold he he had been doing mostly uh short stories i guess or, or shorter works or kind of tangential stuff that wasn't the, the typical novel fare but he's been actually serializing a novel as he's writing it as i understand it called gun law and it's phenomenal I I don't know how rough it is or not, but it doesn't read rough at all. And it's really cool to see established authors on there right alongside people that are either just getting started. I mean, you can see the general lineup on Wattpad. You can see people who have millions of views right next to people who have maybe like a thousand or a couple hundred. And it's just this whole huge mix. And I've discovered... I love going on there as a reader to just kind of discover completely new voices. Um, you know, these are people that are not writing to any kind of genre conventions. Um, I, I discovered a space fantasy novel called The Empress Star, and it was completely different than any other space opera I'd ever read. It was like this grim, dark anime in novel form. And I was just like, People are writing this amazing stuff, and it's on this big community. And that is just amazing to me. And and you can go on and interact with the authors. And, you know, you can say, I love this part. Or you don't usually want to trash a part if you don't <laughs> love it. But um, you can tell them what you loved. And for the authors, I mean, for myself as an author, I've experienced... When readers tell me, you know, I really love this, I really love that, or, you know, I'm not sure what this meant, for me, that's, you know, it it kind of functions as, I don't know if it's a high-level beta read, um, but it it kind of functions as, you know, this is what's going through your reader's head. It's kind of like watching readers as they're experiencing your writing, and I've watched readers in real time go through my novels, and there's nothing quite like that. (laughs) It's like, wow, okay, you really like this, and that is awesome.
1: Would you say platforms like Wattpad may actually supersede other forms of publishing at some point, whereas writing will be seen more more as an interactive venture between the reader and the writer, more in real time rather than publishing something or waiting a long time to publish something or waiting to read something for a long time? I mean, I could imagine if, like, George Martin put something on Wattpad, people would (laughs) flip their shit, probably. I think he'd
2: break Wattpad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you see that as where publishing is heading, or do you still see the more traditional Uh, forms of publishing kind of sticking around for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I
2: I think places like Wattpad are gaining huge prominence right now. And I can tell it's gaining huge prominence because there's all these other sites that are like that springing up. Um, Amazon actually has its own site, like, similar to that called WriteOn, which is not big by far, but it actually caters more to f- a feedback system for writers, which I'm, I'm on there too, but I have, like, I think I have, like, 120 reads versus thousands on that But... I, I I think a lot of it has to do with personality. I know writers who have gone on Wattpad and posted a few things and just kind of run away because they, they couldn't it didn't work with their personality, the openness of people reading their stuff while it was being created. And that is that's absolutely fine. It's it's not for everyone, but for a lot of people, I think it's a really amazing way to kind of get yourself into the writing that you really want to do and and because publishers are looking at it and there was a a young woman who got a six-figure publishing deal from a one direction fanfic novel uh yeah, last year hearing. and people were going like what what the heck um, you know this is <laughs> wattpad even though a lot of people were like okay what the heck um a lot more people were like starting to look at Wattpad, like, okay, this is something to take seriously now, you know, big people in the big publishing realm are looking at it. I don't know if it will be completely the future, but I think we're already seeing that it's kind of heading in that direction. I mean, even even independent published authors on Amazon, you know, there's serials, which is, you know, you publish a part and you publish a part and you publish a part. That's In bigger chunks than on Wattpad, definitely. But I I, I think it's a very viable form of of, uh, maybe not the end result of publishing because Wattpad is free. It's not a marketplace, but it's shaking up the whole mix, basically.
0: So your your novel that you have on there right now, it's currently in 41 parts. It's called The Emperor of Time. Yes. And you are up to 4,100 reads. That's 4,000 individual people who, who sampled your um, fiction at one point or another?
2: No, how Reed's work is it's per part. So actually, the number of people who've gone the whole way through the novel is about 10 to 15. So you break it down, and I can, I can look at every single part. The number of people who've read the first part is about 1,000. So it it kind of trickles off and funnels off as you go through and you get some people that they'll read a little bit and stop and then read a little more and stop and then they read a little more and stop. So a novel that has like a million views might have 10,000 people that have actually read it the whole way through. But, you know, it's it it funnels off and and it, it depends on the genre. Romance novels do really, 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 really well on Wattpad. But science fiction novels, Depending on the type, some do really well, some do sort of middling, but that's about where I'm at right now.
0: You now with your goal with The Emperor of Time, are you eventually going to try to get this published? Are you going to try self-publishing? Uh, wh- I mean, what's beyond Wattpad, what, what are your plans for, for publication?
2: Well, my plan um, is to... I, I should have the book finished on Wattpad in about a month, two months. And my plan from there is to kind of clean it up go through it um and release it probably spring summer of next year self-publishing and i i kind of have a very expansive series planned out with that so i'm i'm hoping to build a series momentum with that which is my uh, evil plan of the moment.
0: <laughs> Can you give us maybe a, an elevator pitch of the emperor uh, Emperor of Time? Kind of the general gist of the story and why you think folks should check it out and read it on Wattpad.
2: Yeah, so um it's not grimdark. I, I call it <gasps> grim overcast. <laughs> grim overcast.
1: I, like I call that. it grim
2: overcast because it has the moral complexity, but not a whole lot of blood. Um, But it's about, um, it's about an immortal man who goes back in time to stop his younger self from destroying the universe. And he loses his memories in the process and he gets caught up in this war that started this whole path to destruction. And it's set roughly 20,000 years in the future. So there's really weird stuff that goes on. And I've always loved the character of the immortal, and always loved time travel, and always kind of loved the grand, epic, big space operas. So it's it's in that huge, expansive kind of tradition.
1: So you say grim overcast. Yes. What, yes. what would uh? What are some of the elements that would make up the new the the new subgenre of grim overcast? Um. that you've just pointed? <laughs>
2: Uh, it, uh, I think I might be the only one writing grim over the past <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure um, but I, I, I Grim Dark Light I love moral complexity you know how a lot of the big fantasy novels that are in the epic fantasy tradition they're typically like you know there's the good guys and there's bad guys and you gotta go take the ring and throw it in Mordor and it's there's not really much grey area in between there and mm. You know, I've read all of those books, but at some point they kind of stopped resonating as much. So I love to delve into the gray areas of characters. Most of my characters are not particularly good and they're not particularly bad, or they might think they are one or the other and they're really not. And it kind of shifts all over the place. It's I'm, I'm interested in humanity and, and, and How everyone views themselves, you know. Even the worst villain has their reasons for being that really bad guy to everyone else. But you know, they're not the villain in their own head. So I have a lot of that going on—the the the moral complexity. But um, I also don't have a whole lot of blood because I'm kind of squeamish. And I no, really, I will write a scene where someone gets horrifically injured, and I'll like sick myself out, so I can't keep writing. So I, I, I kind of made a decision early on that since I can't even really read really, really squeamish stuff, I I, I can't make it through the first law of books. I'm so sorry. Aww. But <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, it's if I want to keep writing, I can't be nauseous while I'm writing. So I write Grim Overcast.
1: I like to be nauseous when I'm writing. so <laughs> I like to be nauseous in most all aspects of my life, <laughs> as much as I can be. Well So was um,
2: a life philosophy.
1: <laughs> so, if you're planning on releasing your your, ser- your series, you're potentially going to self publish it. You're also a cover artist, so I'm assuming you're going to do all your cover art for your series, also.
2: Yes, yes, I am. I actually have already done the first cover and. Um, and for a related short story as well. And I've bought most of the images and planned out for like six books. So yeah, yeah, I'll be doing the designs for those.
1: Uh, This is something that, I think a lot of writers that aren't familiar with art kind of struggle with is what approach they should take towards cover art. Should they uh, have a professional do it or should they buy pre-rendered images or should they try to do it themselves? Um, some people try to do it themselves to horrific results. <laughs> um, so what what would you say as, you know, you being a cover artist, what would you say are the elements that, that make up good cover art that uh, catch people's eye?
2: I would actually say good cover art is 50% art and 50% market research. If you go on, say you're writing like an urban fantasy, urban fantasies tend to have a specific look to them. I mean, to the point where it's even cliche, you know, chicks that are turned around with tight leather pants, kind of looking over their shoulder with some kind of... Wolf or something in there, um, basically an urban fantasy cover. I mean, that's really, really a generalization there. But when you're looking at whether you want to do your own cover or um, want to just figure out kind of what you want in a cover to tell you know a designer what you would like, I I always recommend going on Amazon and looking at the current bestsellers in your your specific, very specific subgenre. And you'll start to see these trends emerging of, you know, the font looks a specific way or a lot of colors are a specific way. Like a lot of urban fantasy covers um, going with that same example are like, you know, they'll have a solid kind of color in the background, uh, like a blue or a purple or a green. And so if, if you look at what the genre conventions are, you'll either start to figure out, okay, I can do this. Or, okay, I know what I want. You you become well-informed enough to go out and either look for pre-made covers, which are a really good option for both budget-wise, and there's some really, really great pre made out there. Or to go for, you know, a full custom cover with a designer. So, it's, being informed is really, really half the battle.
1: So, I'm writing urban fantasy now, so is is a is a good suggestion to have like a guy uh, my main character's a guy so he should have leather pants <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking about putting a like a koala in there not a not a wolf <laughs> so like there's a koala he's like holding a well, koala <laughs> and wearing leather pants
2: well okay that's even within the genre there's specific subgenres within urban fantasy if you think of oh. like the dresden covers yeah they're typically dark and moody and gritty and i think the cover artist is chris mcgrath and he does these amazing covers but um even like i guess jim hines has the libriomancer books which are urban fantasy and uh ur- urban fantasy with a male character has a little bit different look uh sadly it's Less sneezy, but
1: um, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> I, I,
2: I say sadly from the flip end of that. But yeah, it, it, even that has a different look to it. Um, it tends to be kind of like a guy wielding some sort of power, or or um, you know, a staff of power, or there's you know, glowing eyes or. Or, or magic happening in in some capacity, typically kind of grittier. And, and again, it still kind of follows the, if you look at the Dresden file covers again, you know, one cover will be like all yellow, and one cover will be all blue, and one, one will kind of have all white. So they kind of follow a full color scheme. In comparison, if you look at epic fantasy covers, are totally different. And even within epic fantasy, you know, grimdark covers are so different than regular epic fantasy covers. A lot of the grimdark covers tend to be very graphical, like um, Joe Abercrombie's uh, Half a King, Half a World. There's, there's like one object or one image that is the focus of it versus like the old Wheel of Time covers were more like a scene. There's different genre conventions within each specific genre, and the trick with a book cover is you want your cover, when people are going through Amazon, you want them to be able to look at your cover at thumbnail size and say within about two to five seconds that, oh, this is, you know, an epic fantasy cover. I want to buy it. So that, that's basically what you're going for with cover design. It's cover design has a lot less to do with the actual book than people actually think. It's more of a marketing thing, actually. It's it's more of the author branding and I know that's typically dreaded for authors, author branding. Um, But what it really is, is you're saying, this is the kind of book that I'm writing. And if you like books that are like this, have similar covers to this, then you'll probably like mine too. So that's basically what you want your cover to say.
0: Yeah, I've had a chance to check out your portfolio um, at your website, hollyheisey.com. And I will say I've seen a Buttload of covers uh, in my day, being a bookner that I am, and you designed some pretty stellar covers. You really have a, a an eye for design, so I will give you thumbs up props on that. Um, what would you say is kind of the biggest mistakes that you see folks who try to take the the endeavor of doing the cover themselves? What do you see the most common mistakes being for folks who who tend to uh, miss the boat when it comes to executing on a well well designed cover?
2: Yeah, well, and. Thanks so much, <laughs> Um Most covers fail not in the image, but in the font. There's a lot to be said for getting the right font. And that's where a lot of study of comparison of the covers in your genre comes in. Cover Design 101, don't use Comic Sans. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Times New Roman, or uh, any of those kind of like... You don't want to use aerial. It's There's some times when that might possibly be okay, but you've got to be a really good designer to pull that off. So those typically aren't the fonts that you want to use. And there's free sites like fontsquirrel.com that has all the fonts in there free for commercial use. And some fonts are better than others. But if you go and look up the popular ones, you'll usually find a lot of fonts that people regularly do use on covers, and they are good fonts. And and even, even like if you're writing a medieval fantasy and you're trying to come up with this that looks really fancy in medieval fantasy and it's really gothic and hard to read it's not going to work very well on a cover and it might actually break your cover and make it look amateurish
0: Fascinating, well we are just about out of time for for this edition of The Writer's Pit Holly, it's been great speaking with you we usually uh, wrap up the program where we uh, offer a creative prompt to our listeners something that will help get the creativity flowing Uh, go ahead and uh, give our listeners your prompt for this episode
2: Okay, um, since I write grimdark-ish, sci-fi, I thought I'd give a sci-fi grimdark prompt. So NASA flew by Pluto a couple weeks ago, and what if when it was coming to its closest approach, Pluto suddenly wasn't there? Just basically gone one second to the next. Who did it, and why, and what were their motives? And you can't have any canned aliens.
0: Can it be koala bears?
2: Um, possibly, I, as long as can it be a battle koala bears.
1: Can it be a dude in leather pants <laughs> with with a bunch of koala bears, with an army of koala bears?
2: Uh, I'm not sure the no. image is sticking too well in my
1: head. <laughs> I want it to be an interstellar guy in leather pants. He just travels the universe in leather pants.
0: Okay, then. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Holly Heisey, thanks so much for uh, hanging out and and joining us in the Writer's Pit. For folks who want to read your stuff online or contact you, where can can they find you online?
2: I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, mostly all the social platforms. I'm either at Holly Heisey or or at slash H Heisey. And my website is hollyheisey.com.
0: And you are available for freelance cover design as well, is that right?
1: Yep. Yes, I am.
0: Awesome. Well, I advise all my listeners, head over to hollyheisey.com and have her design a cover. Even if you don't write books, just have her design a cover for you and then and you'll be good to go. And leather pants, koalas, she can cover that too. So. <laughs> well, it's been great speaking with you, Holly. You are indeed a stealth ninja wapat assassin. You have proven yourself <laughs> in this trial of the writer's pit. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Yeah,
2: thanks so much for having me. And I'm going to have to add that uh, stealth ninja assassin to my list of of qualifications. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: So there we have it. Our interview with Holly Heisey, another great conversation. We've been planning to have her on the show for a few months now, just because of our interaction online. She's got a great uh, uh, portfolio of cover designs and she's a great writer. And I'm definitely looking forward to checking out her story, on Wattpad, and we wish Holly uh, the best of luck with all of her writing endeavors, and once she publishes more or has some other future developments with her her writing, we'll be sure to uh, keep our listeners updated.
1: Yes, and actually, I have decided that I'm going to give Wattpad the old college try. Really? After talking to uh, Holly. I was actually thinking about it for a while, but I wanted to kind of listen to what she says first and then decide. So I think I've decided I'm going to try Splatter Elf on the Wattpad and see what happens. That will be a future development for me.
0: Definitely a a couple of cool utilities Wattpad brings to the table, both with the interactive community and just getting that instantaneous feedback uh, from your readers is very cool. And then uh, being able to use it as a platform to to send readers to your published work on Amazon as well. You can say, give them a little taste and then say, Hey, if you want to check out my book, you can pick it up on Amazon. Um, So some very cool principles there. And then we cover the uh, book design as well. And I recommend for anybody self-pubbing, definitely look into either hiring a professional uh, artist like Holly, who does covers or maybe those pre-made covers, but there's, there's a lot that goes into, to a a good cover and, uh, and a lot of people tend to, to miss the boat on, on cover design. We are on Twitter. Check us out at Grim Dark Fiction. You can find us on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com slash the Grim Tidings Podcast. And if you want to drop by, we do have a Facebook group that kind of started this whole thing off. It's called Grim Dark Fiction Readers and Writers. If you want to meet uh, some other folks, some writerly folks and other readers in, in the Grimdark community, we kind of hang out there on occasion. So uh, drop on by, send us a line. And, of course, you can download us on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, review, you know. Philip, my friend, another great episode. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight, sir.
1: Yes, I enjoy hanging out with you, Rob. It's good times. Let's hang out again sometime. Sometime we will. Maybe.
0: Thanks for listening to the Writer's Pit, folks. Until next time, get in the pit. And write some shit. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.